Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, elder candidate at Redeemer Fellowship. Boom. Boom. We're back. We're back. Doing it. And Doing it. You got. You went to Orlando. That was good. You went to Canvas. Red eye back. Right. Did that. Uh, couldn't record yesterday because you had that red eye. Like I told you, we weren't going to be able to do. You know what? It's it's worse than pink eye. Yeah, it's red. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's <laughs> red like it's is not, darker. Yeah, it's more yeah. menacing. Yeah, but no, but pink eye is grosser. Yeah, there's a difference between gross and menacing. Yeah. Well, the red eye, uh, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Okay. Um. I had to take a little nap when I got home. Okay. From like 8.30 to 11.30. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. Uh, not and bad. then I got on with my day. But uh, on Saturday, but yeah, no, it was good. It ah. was good. Canvas is great, man. People should go to Canvas. Oh, I it's wanted a lot to go so bad. People were asking about you. Were they really? Yeah, people, everybody was asking. Well, Thomas, maybe send me an invite instead of your Facebook mass invite to everybody. Yeah, yeah. I got a pro- I got a personal I know you invite. got a personal yeah. one because you're Joe freaking Thorne. Yeah, was Everyone cool. wants Robin. Robin gets all the glory. No, that first of yes, all, that doesn't make does. any sense. It makes sense. It doesn't make any sense. Robin becomes Nightwing, and he becomes his own superhero. Right, you can call me Nightwing. Thing. You can call me Nightwing, but not, not Robin. Yeah, I'll call you Nightwing. Oh, you're Nightwing. I'm Nightwing. You're Nightwing. All right, cool. I mean, it's just you're Robin. The, you're the Peter the Penguin. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> and all I could think, as soon as you said it, the only, all I could picture was Danny DeVito <laughs> <laughs> wobbling around. I was like, oh, dang it. How bad was that? <laughs> it was so terrible. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> It was so bad. And I, and I liked Michael Keaton. Oh, no, I Keaton's liked, great. I liked Michael the Keaton's first awesome. one. I, I love that first one. That second one, I'm like, ah. Yeah. I, I didn't need... Michael Keaton is awesome in everything. Yes. But, man, that was uh, that was bad. Hey. Um, and he was really good in that Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh. I actually think he he saved that film. Oh, he didn't. He, the film was great. No, the film was he great. He made it so much he better. He didn't save it. Save it implies but, it needed rescue. And I it was think it needed rescue. No, I, think it was, no. I think at times it was cheesy and pointless. And no. he... Brought in I, a don't wide even like, range. I don't even like comic book movies and that kind of stuff. And I'm just Spider- saying, tell you, Michael Keaton was the man. Okay, Michael Keaton is the man. He has been the man no, no, ever no, since he was. He was. He's, no, he was the man. He, no, he is. No, he was. How he's is he? Because d- he's done now. No, he's not. That was the best performance of his career. He's done. Over and out. He's over and out. Okay, well, that's kind of sad. I liked him. I thought I'd see him in yeah. more stuff. You won't see him in anything else. Yeah. I mean, you know what I liked about Spider-Man: Homecoming is the uh, it was the first time. When the film versions of Spider-Man made me feel that the, I guess it was the first time where it reflected current youth culture and humor. Mm. Whereas when I saw like uh, Sam Raimi's version of Spider-Man, it felt like the high school was like a fifties high school yeah. culturally. I was yeah. like, that's not, that's not high school. And, uh, and then this one seemed like really cool. So I liked it. I liked Ned. Ned. Peter's friend. Mm-hmm. That was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So, he's the guy. You're the guy in the chair. I You're the guy in the chair. As soon as he said oh that. Oh, my as gosh. As soon as just, you said I'm that. I'm Spider-Man. As soon as and you said that. And you're the guy in the chair. As soon as you go, Dad, I was like, dang it. He's he's pivoting. I, I, I knew I, you were going to pivot. It wasn't intentional. I knew you were going to pivot. I didn't plan it. I knew it. They, see, that's how much smarter I am than you. I know the jokes you're going to make two minutes before you make That's them. why you're the guy in the chair. No! <laughs> <laughs> What are we talking about today? We're going to be talking about the most requested topic that we get from emails to uh, right. uh, whatever, Instagram messages. Manscaping. Tweet. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> you said you, my man, you've got a lot to man. You got long hair. You got the beard. So, you got the whole thing. Uh, no. It, no? Uh, the, <laughs> the question is about leadership lab, just leadership development in general. How right. do you develop leaders here at Redeemer Fellowship? 
what are your suggestions for those that are aspiring to leadership uh, and how do you put in a program within uh, your your church to develop leaders along the way. Right. In fact, even in the last, I think the last week I've heard from, we, we've heard from two different guys that are starting their own leadership yep. labs right now. Yeah. Um, third, I got an email about it. Actually four. I just got one right before you came in. Bam. Four. Five. You're lying about no, yours. I'm lying about the last one. I know you're no, lying. I couldn't let you be like, they'll have the most recent. Update. I had the most recent one. Yeah, it's usual. Um, so here's the thing that I think is, is really important to get across. I would want to start with this. And that is that developing leaders, developing future leaders, is one of the most important tasks that any local church is going to do. Um, because you're, you're, what you need to do is to make sure that you have enough people who are qualified, yes. and called, and trained to do the work of ministry in case the current leadership bites the dust, whether they die or have to relocate or there's a scandal. We just don't know. It could be a, a Man, bunch of different dark things. fast. Well, hey, look around. He, he died. Yeah, well, that happens a lot. He had an affair. That happens probably even more often than death. All right. Maybe not. Um, and then, you know, sometimes you have to relocate. The point is, is that you've got to have leadership in place to do the work of ministry. Yeah. But you also have to continue to raise up these guys because you need to be able to replace yourself, right, if something should happen to you. Plus, think about the people that, you know, God could be sending out into other areas. So you want to be raising up these. It's really, really important. And most people don't, most, you're like your most, your average small church like ours and smaller, they don't really... But it's not. It's frequently true that they don't have a plan. Yeah, and I think it's for a church to grow. Though you also got. It's not just about people leaving and whatnot. It's also about as a church grows, you need the structure in place so that there's qualified. I like. I like that you made sure that that's part of this. There's qualified individuals uh, that can take on certain tasks. So that just isn't all upon the lead pastor right. uh, or, you know, for a lot of smaller churches, the two or three other uh, elders and, and leaders. Right. The, the more your church grows, the more need you have for oversight leadership. Absolutely. Yep. And so you're going to need more deacons. You're going to need more elders. You're going to need more small group leaders, community group leaders, um, more volunteers. So leadership development is critical. And I, I think the other thing that comes to my mind on the front end of this is that a lot of churches, especially your average size church, right? Hundred, right around a hundred, hundred people on a Sunday. Those are the churches that frequently think, "Well, we don't have the capacity to raise up leaders, or we don't have anybody." I hear, I hear that all the time. There's nobody. There's nobody. I've got nobody here. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and call. What can I call, Jimmy? Can I call nonsense? Is that something I can call? You. you shenanigans i'm calling shenanigans i'm calling shenanigans okay i like that we're calling shenanigans on that because yeah we're not going to sugarfoot around here that's a shenanigan <laughs> it's a callback so because listen i i get it i know you might be in a situation where there's an unhealthy church that you've yeah. inherited or you're pastoring a bunch of really young christians who and so maybe nobody is ready to serve as an elder right now but i tend to believe that 99 percent of the time there are a few key people that you could be investing in to raise up as potential Absolutely. leaders in the future. And that's the whole part of this process is that you it, you need to be looking at people and having the kind of uh, foresight. I mean, you, you need to have the kind of vision that you can see where someone could go potentially. Yeah. You need to look past where they're at now and see where God might be calling them to. And I've, you know, I've seen this, uh, you know, I've been in ministry now for, uh, 20 years, 97 to 2017. Yeah, there you go. So uh, 98, so almost 20 years. Um, 
I've been a, a full, like a pastor of a church. Dang. And, I just became a Christian then. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I could be your dad. I'm so old. In the, in the, in, your in granddad. The, well, in the Lord. Yeah. Know, like spiritual father. Spiritual so, grandfather. But like, even like with Pastor Pat, right? So, mm-hmm. so Pastor Pat and I, I, you know, we planted this first, our first church together. It was Pat and his wife, me and my wife, and, and Uncle Rob and his wife. Um, and so we were the three families that started Grace Baptist Church is what we called it. And early on, um, I could see Pat's heart for ministry. Yeah. And he, he had a heart for ministry, children, youth, family, stuff like that. And, you know, as we continued to do this, you know, he was working a full-time job at Toyota, uh, he, he sort of expressed an interest, a desire to go into ministry. I mean, he has a degree from a Bible college, Multnomah, mm-hmm. good Bible college. And um, I could see him. I'm like, okay, so he, he hasn't been in it. He's been doing this work at Toyota. But I, I could see in Pat the ability to shepherd, the ability yeah. to pastor. I could see it. And when I started talking to him about it, he told me that some person, whatever mm. you want to call him, some guy, some pastor, told Pat that, uh, hey, man, you either have it or you don't have it, like the leadership gene or quality or whatever it is, the quan. Uh, you're, you're born with it or you're not. And he, he told Pat, you don't have it. And and, and I'm those like, of us that know Pat. I'm like, well, first of all, who's this guy? Yeah. Who, where did, I mean, what, that's not how it works. First of all, you, there, you, there may be some qualities that you're, that you're born with and are overwhelmingly evident, but most people that I've uh, come to know over the 40, however old I am, years, uh, they've had to grow into their callings and yeah. grow into um, the ways in which uh, God uses them. So I was just like, what the heck? And sure enough... Um, Pat's like, no, I want to, I'm going to go that way. And, and so, and now look at him. He's, man, he's doing a great job. Yeah, man, he's killing it. He's killing it. And so like, even with Pat, someone, what you can't teach is that heart. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're Pat, either born with it or you don't. That's Pat, it. Right. And then like, and, Pat is born with a heart. <laughs> I'm just saying he's, he's no, born with a heart for people yeah. and for youth and for children. Yeah. And so, and yeah, he's, you he's can, a worker, man. That's it. Dude, you can always work. Things, other it. things can be kind of trained and worked through, but the love for people is something that, that God has gifted him with. From the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're looking at raising up leaders, the issue to raise up leaders, if you're a pastor and you're like, man, I uh, I need help because I knew that I did. I, yeah. I know that I am too much of a lightweight to carry the church on my own shoulders. Like I, I, I needed a team of pastors and, and a team of deacons all working together for me to not completely die. Yeah. Um, so maybe you're a pastor and you know that you need leaders. Maybe you're in a church and you have a sense of calling to be a leader in some capacity. Maybe it's an elder. Yeah. Maybe it's a community group leader. That's right. Right. Could be a deacon, whatever. And, but there's no, like how, like what's, there's no plan. There's no path. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard of big churches that have no plan to raise up leaders from the inside. Wow. They don't have it. They'll bring in people from the outside, but they don't raise up people from the inside. So big and small, people have the problems. Let's talk about how we're doing it at a relatively small church, mm-hmm. um, just a little bit bigger than the national average, 250 on Sundays as, as an average. Um, although I bet we broke that today. We were pretty packed today. I yeah. 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 Crazy. We'll find out. So, um, so how do we raise up leaders? What What is the general process? What's the very first thing? that we're looking for uh, as we consider this sort of a thing? Well, I think we're, we're, first thing is, are they already serving? Right. Like, are they already plugged into some capacity without being asked? So they have to essentially be a member of our church yep. demonstrating uh, a sense of, of, of a value for the church and participation. Right? Exactly. So, I mean, that's the thing. Sometimes people just want to be in leadership uh, because they think they should be in leadership, mm-hmm. 
but they don't exhibit a heart of love for the church. And I would say part of that is serving. Like you want to serve the body of Christ. You want to serve your brothers and sisters. Um, And so someone can't be in leadership, at least in my mind. It's hard for me to believe that God would call someone into leadership that first didn't want to serve. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's, it's important because the sort of leadership that, um, that Christ calls us to is servant leadership. Yeah. It's to put others first and not make much of ourselves. And it's not that that's easy or just, we all do it so great, but that is the the nature of the beast. So, so the first thing we're looking for is, are they committed to this church? Yep. Are they demonstrating a love for this church? And by church, I don't mean just this institution. I mean, the people here. Yeah. Um, and then, so and are, if, yeah, are they involved in the life of the church? Right. So, you know, part of that is, are they involved in community groups? Are they already invested in people's lives? And this is not just about a Sunday morning play. It's about uh, how are they engaging with others throughout the week? Right. And then it's good that you bring that up because this is sort of the second step in our process is like, how do we and where do we identify people with potential leadership yeah. qualities? Because you know, if you, if people are showing up on Sunday and then going home and you don't see them throughout, uh, through you see them again, it's pretty hard to figure out who has the potential. But we have a way of discovering potential, Jimmy. And how how do uh, how do we tend to identify people that have potential? You know, we actually talk about it during our uh, CG Leaders Fellowship, like our community group leaders time. Um, it's during that time that leaders will kind of I- help help identify. Hey, you know, such and such. They've got some gifting here. They're, they're in my CG. They're in my CG. Uh, you know, I'm thinking about having them help out. You know, uh, they're a member. They're serving. They're part of the life of the church. I'm thinking about having them help me, you know, lead a few times. Just and I want to I want to see them develop. And so they'll talk with Pat and start doing some training right. at that level and see kind of where that goes. And the, 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 re- the reason we do it this way is because, A, uh, if you're a member and you're already in a community group and that's that that's the context in which we can see you interact with the word yeah we can see how you follow up with people and their problems and concerns and we have a leader like keeping their eye on you it's just the cg leader whoever it is mm-hmm. so um it's a it's a great environment in which uh we can begin to identify oh this person could has the potential to be a leader now what kind it could be a deacon it could be an elder it could be a pastor it could be a church planter it could be another cg leader we don't know yeah but um but it helps us to identify so if if they are identified and um I said, they're going to start working on them. What is the next possible step then if we're raising that person up as a leader once they've been identified? Well, then we invite them uh, to Leadership Lab. Right. You know, what's what's Leadership Lab? Leadership Lab is, uh, we do it every other month uh, on a Saturday. And it used to be every month, but that that changed. Now we've split it up a bit. Um, But yeah, it's every other month. And on a Saturday morning, everyone gets together, current leaders, potential leaders. um, Men and women in this case. Men and women. And uh, we go through uh, some aspects of leadership. Joe will always teach on um, some aspect of leadership, conflict resolution, things like that. Um, but then we also have a time where uh, we have two people that go up and they share, like they do a teaching. Right. So it could be a, they could teach in the context of a small group, like mm-hmm. they could facilitate a, a sort of an open dialogue. They might go ahead and lecture yeah. um, or they might preach you know, kind of a sermon style and see how that goes. And so, um, you know, we have women that are called to speak and, and teach in a variety of contexts, right? So like my wife is one that goes and travels and speaks to other women. She does that a bunch. And so we want to give her and others like her that are called to that sort of a thing, the opportunity to teach yeah. and, to, and, they, and then to get evaluated, right? That's yeah. why they do that. They do this, this, this 
sort of a practice run or trial run to get some feedback. And from there, we get to see what else they do. Yeah. And so actually, why don't we interject here? Um, because this question has come up mm-hmm. about what do we how, what do we do in our leadership labs with the women? ladies? Yeah, with the ladies. ladies. Like, because I think what they're trying to say is, well, are they are they is it a, the the word they use was authority? What about the authority? Right? Like, if they're are they preaching and then you know we're coming the listeners there are coming under their authority and right. so. I, th- I think this is less confusing than people seem to make it yeah. out to be. Um, maybe I'm just, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just tired. And but, liberal. And, <laughs> I'm just super liberal now. Um, but no, first of all, this is Leadership Lab. Um, yeah. We we're essentially have a class where we are asking everybody there to engage in teaching, preaching, things like that. And uh, no one has authority in that context. The Word of God has authority. Yeah. The elders there have authority, but nobody there has authority outside of that. I mean, Jesus has authority. Mm-hmm. But um, So no, they're, they're preaching, teaching, and they're getting evaluated. Obviously, women can preach uh, biblically. Uh, they can prophesy. They can preach. Now, it's the context in which that preaching is uh, valid or, yeah. or appropriate that is up for debate. And so at Redeemer, on Sunday morning, we don't have uh, – the only people we have preach at Redeemer are uh, those men – who we believe are qualified and called to preach the gospel. They're not all pastors, um, but they are all called to leadership and they're all called to preach. Yeah. And uh, we've been able to vet them and test them. The reason we don't have women preach on Sunday morning uh, is not because we think it's wrong for a woman to speak at all on Sunday morning, but because the act of preaching is in the minds of many so closely associated with the role of pastor elder that it becomes confusing at best mm-hmm. uh, to have a woman in that position. Now, I have a gal- we have egalitarian friends who just they just their mind just goes haywire when we talk like this um, because they so disagree with us and we respect them and we love them. But we are convinced that the Bible limits the role of pastor elder to qualified called men. Um, so we we protect that this way. But um, we encourage women to um, preach and teach, and I don't. I don't have a problem with them with women preaching or teaching in mixed company, men and yeah. women, uh, outside of the the Sunday assembly on uh, you know for local church. Um, that doesn't uh, concern me at all because there's no local authority associated with that. So that would be my my brief answer there. Boom. So then, Joe, talked about the evaluation time. Yeah, when we evaluate people who are teaching or preaching. Uh, we're, we're looking for a number of different things. Everybody has a sheet and we're asking them to fill it out. Mm-hmm. And the big picture thing that we do is, is we ask, first of all, what worked in this sermon or teaching session? What worked? What did you like? What was effective? What was strong? And then on the back end, we ask, what didn't work? Yeah. Or what could this person do better yeah. if they were going to do this again? Or if they had more time? That's a real softball. Yeah. If they had more time, what could they add to it to make it better? So, um, we kind of do it in those two stages and we're looking at things like, well, you know, uh, how did they reflect the scripture that they were interacting with? How did, was it exegetical? Um, did they, what, what doctrines did they cover? Mm-hmm. Was it applicable? Um, did you understand what their main idea was their main point? So they cover all of that stuff and we write our answers down and we talk through some of that and we give them all the sheets with our names on it. So they know who said what. And I think that's really important. Who said what is because someone might want clarity, right? Like, you know, what is it that you meant by this? How could I do this better? And if we're not willing to be honest with our 
critique, then we shouldn't be given it. Yeah. What did you mean when you said don't quit your day job? I don't understand yeah. that. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. I wasn't going to quit my day job, but well, why, why do you bring it up? Why, yeah, do, you say well, I why do you think you're you thinking I, I should quit my day job? Is that, a, is that a interesting, like some reverse psychology? Yeah. Like, like, making like, me want to quit my day job. <laughs> oh no, I shouldn't quit my day. So, um, so leadership lab is a big part of that. Mm -hmm. And so out of leadership lab, this is where we begin to see and interact with people on a, on a level so that we can yeah. say, okay, this person can definitely uh, preach. This person can definitely teach in a, in a group context where there's a lot of discussion. Um, this person has the, the, the right gifts to be a deacon and so on and so forth. Um, and so that really starts to branch out into different streams of, of development. Yeah, that's right. In different ways. So if it's, um, you know, if you've got guys that are starting to go towards pastoral ministry, then you need to figure out, okay, how much can we do and how far can we go? Small church with one pass, one staff, one staff pastor, um, and not a lot of help. Well, you're not going to be able to do a ton, yeah. but you could do some investing and you may want to simply point them to seminary, have them stay connected to your church. Um, they can do online. They can, uh, they can move to a seminary. There's, mm -hmm. there's a lot of options, but you know, uh, you could meet with them one-on-one -on -one and just do some very simple discipleship and give them opportunities to preach. Uh, if they're, if they're going to be a CG leader or a deacon, you can pair them up with, uh, with one or the other yeah. and have them learn shadow meant, you know, be mentored, and I, I think, though, it ought to be uh, a, a built-in part of the pastor's responsibility to say, I'm going to work to make sure that leaders are continuing to emerge yeah. and, get, and get plugged in. And so one of the things for us when it comes to uh, developing like those different streams or branches, so you know, we have a certain plan for deacons. Right. We have a certain plan for them. We have a certain plan for elders and pastors. Then we've also got a certain plan for... Um, so when I say elders, I'm talking about elders and pastors that are going to be here, like on leadership right. here. But then we've also got pastoral development, guys that uh, we've recognized as potential uh, pastors in other churches, church planters. Right. Um, People that we want to send out. Or, oh, yes. Or, yeah, church planters, pastors in, in other churches. Yeah. So w let's talk about the pastoral development program. Now, that's something you and Pat uh, you right. and Pastor Pat handle. I, I don't have anything to do with that. Yeah, you never show up. Uh, yeah, I ain't yeah. got time for that. So what is it that uh, you guys go through? We're actually, um, it's fun, it's been fun because this is our first uh, formal time doing this. We've always done something like this, but this is our first time doing uh, like a two-year pastoral development plan. And, um, and we're actually retooling this last bit of it right now. Mm -hmm. But the gist of it is we have required reading that covers everything from uh, pastoral theology to systematic theology uh, to um, you know practical books on evangelism and church planting it it covers a, a, a pretty good gamut so you think knowledge skills character yeah. right so you know knowledge skills character as it relates to all of that and then so we break that down we have them read and then Pat and I teach uh, and try to invest in them so it's a soft seminary uh, it's not academic it's um, you know, it's, it's nothing that intense, mm -hmm. but it's us helping them get as ready as they can. And it's a lot of the stuff that you're just not likely to get in seminary, you know? So like when we do these things, when we cover things like whether it's a theological book or whatnot, we're having conversations and applying it to situations that you're not likely to get into in the seminary classroom. And we're encouraging seminary for them as well. So like, uh, these guys, we tell them all, oh, Hey, seminary is a great idea. Yeah. And two of them are like, no way, not going to happen, not possible. But then a couple of others are like, yeah, that is a possibility. Maybe, maybe mm -hmm. I'll do that. Mm -hmm. One of them in particular, like I really need him to go. I really want him to yeah. go. I mean, everybody would benefit from it, but this guy's young, super talented. And he's single right now. And he's single. And uh, I want to see him flourish. I think he would just do awesome. Yeah, he would do amazing. At seminary. So, um, 
so that's what it is. So it's it's dialogical, uh, it's it's relaxed, and um, it's not it's not that hard. I mean, if you're a pastor, you can do this. You can meet with people and take mm-hmm. them through books and talk to them about ministry. It's not hard. So that's the that's the pastoral development track. So what are some of those resources you would suggest for pastors that are looking to uh, put together this sort of leadership program? I know that's a lot because yeah. there's a d- lot of different books that we do yeah. for different streams. Well, I think you know what it would. You, you really need to have a, a pretty well um, rounded perspective on what what the church needs to be doing and what leaders need to be doing. So, um, you know, I would, I would be looking at books by guys like I would cover everything from Aubrey Malfer's books to, um, Martin Lloyd Jones books, like spiritual leadership. Um, uh, I would definitely do the Shepherd Leader by Timothy Whitmer. That's a great book. Super, super critical. We should put some of these books up. Hey, can somebody write a good book on deacons? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> so I know. Okay. We got Strzok. Uh, I'm not even going to mention that other book. Strzok is good. Uh, Don't mention the oh other one. The one, the one that we should never speak of oh again. My gosh. Just wanna... You got so much trouble for that. Oh, <laughs> I, I look. I read the reviews. Yeah. You're like no. Like, you're like you're like. Uh, we're like, hey man, you read this? Yeah. I read. You know, I, I looked it through. I, I, I skipped it. it. I skipped. I it's good. I skipped. It's good. We start going in it. And it's like, oh. Oh, yeah, like you're never going to find a book hey, that you're thanks, always... Hey, thanks, Westminster Bookstore. <laughs> the name you can trust. Oh, that's Moody. That's right. That's not Westminster. So oh anyway, so yeah. Please, someone write a good book. On deacons. Yeah. yeah. That'd be good for Reformed Baptists. Anyways, um, I, I would say that. and um, But the most important thing is just having a clear plan to say, all right, um, here's a person. What are they called to do? Yeah. I think this person's called to be a pastor. Okay. Um, so then what do they need to know? Yeah. And what can I give them? I, I can't give them everything, but what can I give them? Where are you strong? And, uh, and, and pour into them where you're strong and, and do that. And this doesn't need to happen when you're at 100 or 150 or 200 people. You could start in the beginning phases of a church plant. You need to start now. Yep. And healthy church plants know this. Yeah. In fact, healthy church plants are so jonesing for leadership. Their mistake is, is they'll go too fast. Yeah, they'll, they'll take put, anybody. And they'll, they'll be like, oh, this guy's great. And they'll disciple him, mentor him, plug him in. And then the dude turns out to be a total weirdo and uh, not called or competent. And yeah. they get in trouble. So don't need to wait till you're a certain size. And you don't need to rush it, yeah. rush people through so that um, that things are not, you're not very careful. You, you want to be careful here. Because what you're talking about is the future of the church, right? Yeah. And we're we're talking about. I mean, people talk about this. The children are our future. Like, yeah, that, there's there's a there's a lot of truth in that. Mm-hmm. Um, as you mentor and pour in, listen. The reason it's scary that our children are the future is because we are their parents. That's why it's scary because we've done a terrible <laughs> job raising them. If the if the if we're all freaked out, oh no, the children are our future. What are we going to do? All these millennials. Yeah, that's your fault. Yeah. Okay. That's you our allowed fault. this to happen. Yeah. So um, so wake up. And pour into your leaders so that they will be ready to do what you do and to do it better. That really ought to be your desire and your goal. We'd love to hear how you are raising up leaders. Um, let us know. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctor and Devotion. You can head on to the website, DrDevotion.com. There you can sign up for our email blast. You can contact us or you can hit up the store and grab some merchandise. Fresh pod every Monday and Thursdays. I promise you, video content is coming Friday. Oh, we're going to play with it today. We're going to play with it today. Yeah, man. It, I don't know if we could release it this Friday, though. A bit possible. This Friday? It's, I didn't say it's probable. I said it's possible. Oh, uh, well. It's, it's, it's within it, I, the realm of possibility. I definitely think it is. With God, all things are possible. <laughs> Thanks for that Jesus juke. That wasn't a Jesus juke. That was a, that was a theology proper juke, yes. 
Either way, I'm, I'm thinking you might be right. All right. I'm thinking you might be right. Possible. Teaser, at least. Oh. So, you know what? Already got the logo. You, you know, we're going to let... I know. We're going to let... We already got the gear. We got it all. We just got to figure out how to use it. We got to use it. I've been playing with it. I can't figure it out. All right. Well, we're going to try it after, after this. I can't even turn it um, on. So, yeah. You're really going to want to sign up for our email blast because... They're the only ones that can get it right now. And where do they go to sign up for the email? You head on over to the website, drdevotion.com. There you can click on the sign-up page and sign register. Sign me up before you go, go. I don't know the rest of the song. I don't, it's not my music. Later. Later.